Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... I am Ratfink. I usually, if an artist goes by an alias, the usual first question then changes. Uh, where does the name Ratfink come from? Um, so it is actually like this, uh, I guess, cartoon character that this artist made in the 60s. Uh, I forgot their name. Um but it is a thing, um, but I actually found it when my grandma and I and our family would play poker, um, and we were, uh, I was pretty young, so she taught us at a really young age how to gamble. Thanks, grandma. Um, and whenever I would, you know, beat her or whatever and have a better hand and, you know, take the chips or whatever, she would be like, oh, you little rat fink. And I remember being like, what does that mean? She's like, oh, it just means like you're a little rascal or like a weasel or like you screwed me over <laughs> and I'm mad about it or whatever. And I was like, oh, I like that a lot. Um, and I actually tried to make that name um, from a couple of bands yeah. uh, like in high school. They're like, oh, that sounds kind of weird. I don't like that. I was like, okay. And then I tried it with me and my brother's band. He's like, eh, I don't really like that. And so I was like, all right. I'm just going to use it for myself because I like it. So that's all that matters. Um, and then I put the exclamation point in there just because it's easier to find me if you type it in that way. Because um, if not, you'll find the, the cartoon and stuff. <laughs> so it's not the best name for marketing, but I like it. So And other people seem to like it. So yeah, that is the origin story. My villain arc. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're also... Uh, producer in so like i don't know i feel like producers can have like kind of stranger names if like their name shows up in like credits and stuff it's like oh i've like seen that name so it's like it almost feels like this underground like ooh, there's this cool person like working on stuff right yeah <laughs> i uh i definitely wanted to do that for a while like um like with linka stuff it was linka and radfink or like produced by radfink um, and I definitely, for a while, wanted to produce other artists, but um, producing is a lot of work. And uh, sure is. <laughs> uh, so uh, not that I'm not interested anymore. I just don't do it um, like at all, really. I just kind of, yeah, produce my own stuff. But yeah, yeah, at first it was kind of like that underground thing. And now <laughs> it's the music, the performer, whatever. So, yeah. So, OK, then let's get into uh what is your primary passion? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I guess, recording um, and releasing songs is really exciting to me. Um, I kind of wish it was like, that's all I had to do, you know, like I could just release music and people would, you know, just love it from there. But you have to promote it and stuff. So um, I do really enjoy performing. I think it's just way different because um, it's 45 minutes of just like adrenaline. <laughs> and then after it's done, you're like, okay, I want to go home. <laughs> like I, I'm not that per same person up there. Um, so yeah, primary passion. Um, yeah, I just like starting from a really basic idea of a song uh, whether it's a drum beat or a guitar riff and then just um, building that and uh, sometimes it'll be a tempo change that like takes it to the next level or just like a just a cool little outro 
Um, yeah, just like composing songs, I guess, to answer that. <laughs> when did you first get started in music? Um, started the drums, uh, like seven, I want to say, um, it took me a while to get decent, you know, um, that was because my brother had already played guitar. So my family was like, well, your brother's already doing guitar, so you should just do drums. And I was like, okay. And I was fine with it. Um, so that's kind of how it started. Just kind of a family. That is kind of funny that like a parent would recommend drums for their child. It's like, are you sure you you want to be doing this (laughs) for yourself? I think (laughs) once the drums came home and we were uh, putting, putting them together, they were like, Oh shit. (laughs) It started to sink in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a great support system. So I'm glad that they, um, were okay with drums being my instrument. Um, but yeah, eventually, um, I was really interested in songwriting. So I taught myself guitar, um, and was just writing songs kind of throughout high school. <clears throat> and then in senior year, I released an album under Radfink, uh, it's hot garbage though. It's on Bandcamp still, I think. Um, the songs are good. It's just the recording quality was not great. It's just on this little inbox pro. Um, and that was like, yeah, it was just all I had at the time. Um, would you ever revisit those? Like the songs or yeah, like yeah. the recordings? Uh, I've thought about it. Um, and I think some of the songs I've turned into other songs, whether it's with Linka or, my stuff so yeah i definitely have revisited the songs because they are good um but yeah i don't know i just have so many songs i need to finish anyway right now that i'm interested in but yeah i definitely would revisit them um but yeah that's that's kind of the origin of that and then uh slowly you know worked on more solo stuff after high school and throughout college at acm and um yeah just now just now starting to take it more seriously i think so yeah (laughs) what i guess at what point did you realize that music was going to be your forever thing you don't just go to college for music if you're not that's true (laughs) um i think because i was good at it at least you know uh, i thought i was at the time you know and I've always been a bad student in, you know, high school, just like I was always a, I won't say bad kid, but I was just like a very distracted kid and, um, grades didn't really mean anything to me. Um, and just college sounded so like forced, you know, like, I think at one point I was like, oh, I could be like a detective in Seattle or something. And I was like, for no reason. (laughs) And I was like, well, everybody else is doing what they want. And thankfully I didn't do that. I was like, okay, I can't do that because my grades aren't good. One (laughs) and two, that just, I don't know why I would do that. Um, So yeah, I was like, okay, I can, you know, write songs and I like recording. So my brother went to ACM. And he was like, just go there. It's fun. I was like, okay. So I did that. Um, so yeah, I think the, um, just being able to record at home made me want to pursue that more yeah. through ACM. So, yeah. Um, do you feel like you got 
what you needed out of ACM? <laughs> yeah, I think the first, I think most production majors will say the first two semesters are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's kind of like you're doing all the basic stuff that you needed to get done. And it's just, for me, it's like kind of, it doesn't go downhill, but it's just like I lose interest. Um, Cause the first two semesters you're recording a lot and you're like working with um, on group projects for recordings. And that was really, you got like hands on at like these on these consoles and stuff. So it was really um, uh, just a good experience. Um, and I think I was taking a break after I want to say maybe four semesters and uh, was getting a song mix by a professor. I don't know if I should name them. And um, they were just kind of asking me, like, are you thinking about going back to ACM? And I was like, yeah. Um, and um, I, I should mention I was helping mix the song because <laughs> I called them. And I was like, ah, oh, this doesn't sound right. And they were just like, just come on down and we'll mix it together. Anyway, <laughs> and then... Yeah, they asked me that, and um, they were like, so yeah, you think about coming back to ACM? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like I'm not uh, really learning anything anymore. And they were like, yeah, I don't think you need to (laughs) come back. Like, just keep doing this and getting experience, and you'll be fine. So that's, yeah, directly from Professor. So. I don't think they actually work there anymore. I don't know if it would matter, but I haven't asked them. So, um, so yeah, um, I, it's like 50, 50. Like, I feel like I got a good amount of hands-on experience, but there's a lot of other stuff that just like not a waste of time, but just like not something that I needed, you know? So yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I do think that especially in production, it's, I feel like ACM is more of a technical school uh, in that regard of like, here's literally how to use the shit. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and then after that, yeah, it becomes like creative. And so school isn't for everyone. And especially for people who are on the like contemporary music side, school is definitely not for like people like that. And so it does get harder, especially as you're like trying to become self-motivated. Right. And I think, yeah, you, you found the way, which is just like doing the stuff yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good point. It's like, they just tell you how to use the shit. It's almost like you're an apprentice at a studio or something. Um, or, uh, why can't I think of the word? Like, um, intern yes yeah, a studio yeah. intern apprentice it's like a tattoo apprentice uh, no yeah studio intern it's like it's it's almost like they're just a bunch of people in there being interns which is i think hands-on is the best way to learn how to run a studio so i, I think they, there's a lot of parts they got right and some that could be better but sure sure yeah um genre it's not even a question about like what is your genre, but more a question of like, does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they just kind of blend together these days. I mean, uh, just Spotify, for example, like I think you can go to your like songs and then organize them into genre. Uh, and you'll go to like 
chill and there are just so many different <laughs> genres within that <laughs> yeah. that it just doesn't matter or you'll go to i don't know um yeah indie for example whatever that means uh and there's just so many different artists that like tyler the creator will be on there and then like uh tame and paula like pretty different artists um and also not indie in like <laughs> yeah the sense any actual regard <laughs> of independent artists yeah i think it's kind of lost that meaning um being independent it's just kind of like a, basically it's a word for hip in my opinion yeah. like oh there's like a cool synth and a drum loop <laughs> you know what i mean like that's what indie is pretty much or like guitar with chorus or something so yeah uh i mean that's what indie pretty much when people say i like indie music that's what they mean in my opinion it's like just like a cool vibe <laughs> you know um so yeah genre i mean i don't even categorize myself in a genre like that um i just show people on music and let them decide i guess um because i just have no idea like i'm not saying like i'm you know what i've done is never been done before i just like don't really like i can call it indie all day but you know people are like oh, okay there's gonna be a lot of cool like you know <laughs> chorus guitars <laughs> not really you know so yeah it's just hard um so i don't know i don't know if genre means a whole lot because you know people will post a song and say it's this genre and then people in the comments will be arguing about it and they'll be like this isn't even chill wave bro and uh this is like house you know so it's just funny to me i don't know it's just everything's blending together you know like it's crazy how short a time music's even been around, like since the thirties, I guess, late thirties and or maybe forties, I don't know. And it's just like slowly built to this branched out. Now it's all like <laughs> intertwining together and it's all like just it's cool, honestly. It's just kinda weird. And it's I mean, it's hard because we still kinda use genre to sell the music. Yeah, it sure. like it's it's a shorthand for just instead of just playing you the song it's like yeah here's some things here's some boxes in your mind that you could put this in that's very true um so speaking of marketing uh do you feel like i mean how involved do you want to be in that part of the process i i feel so like weighted down by like social media mm-hmm. And there's also some people that are just like good at it. Right. Where where on that are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, I mean, you answered the question better than I did. Uh, like, genre is kind of a it is a promotional tool. So you know, if you call it like chill indie, people will be like, oh yeah, cool, and like more people will pay attention to it. That being said, yeah, marketing like you have to do it as. Um, a local or small artist um, without an agent or label or anything. Um, And even I've heard of artists like still having to promote and um, like a lot with a label, you know, and they're like, you need to make TikToks all day or whatever. Like I'll see people on TikTok say that. And I'm like, that's sounds really stressful still. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I, it sucks. Um, I think, um, the best way I've found to market is just 
post um, stuff I'm interested in. And then, you know, bits and pieces of my music, you know, um, and just because people are interested in you as a person as well. So um, the people that follow you, you know, so uh, yeah, marketing sucks though. Uh, like trying to market a song when it's releasing and um, it just, yeah, it really gets in the way of the process. And like you said, it weighs me down um, to where I just, yeah, I get overwhelmed and like I focus less on music because I have to, you know, print posters and um, make posts and uh, just like ask people to share sometimes or whatever. Yeah, it's just, it's draining for sure. Yeah, but you also have like, there's a clear vibe that you're going for. You have like, I hate saying it, but a brand. Um, and so like there is an intentionality behind it. I guess, where does that come from? How much do you want to rely on it? How much of that is actually just you? Um, I guess, yeah, the brand. Um, I don't know. Are you talking about like on stage or just like with social sure. media? Yeah, I mean, but like it's all, it we're swimming all, in it. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't know. I think, um, like, I don't know. I try to like put a lot of politics on my social media and when I say social media I really only use Instagram so mm-hmm. um you know I try to throw that in there and like um not because I'm like oh I need to post politics today it's just more like I want to say this for people to for my following oh sorry my following I do have I want them to like acknowledge it or you know like think about it um and know that that's how I think about whatever is going on um and then um yeah on stage it's like i don't know um i mean that's that's the full brand of it i guess it's mm-hmm. like um this guy who it's funny enough my dad described the the stage presence as like frank sinatra sings like these indie songs <laughs> indie songs again no but like he's yeah he almost described it as like a crooner making like soft rock or whatever and i thought that was interesting um i don't feel like i give that vibe off on social media at all but um yeah i thought it was interesting just it's he said that pretty recent too so it's made me think more about maybe leaning into that i don't know but um not that i sound like frank sinatra but i kind of got what he was saying um yeah i guess there's definitely a brand to it I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know? We all are. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is secret website? So I don't know what's really happening with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Nick started it last year and was like, he called it, this described it as a gang of just artists. Um, I, I think he's just so busy that it's not really active anymore. Um uh that being said i still say when i release music that it's under the label secret website Mm -hmm. just because i think it's cool um yeah i don't know it's uh it was originally just like just some artists that he got together and thought you know we'd be cool together and um i i have uh kept up with 
those artists. So I think it did help. I just think, yeah, he's just so busy that um, he isn't really active on it. But yeah. I mean, I guess what makes it different from a label or, you know, like it is a community of artists and you share in uh something (laughs) right yeah um that's a good question i think i think it was just meant to be like you know you can uh do as much as you want with this and then like uh you know i think he was really wanting us to be like a community like you were saying and like build it up that way i just think it was um kind of difficult to do that um but yeah it's not really I, he didn't describe it as label it's more like because there's no contracts or anything yeah. um you know it's just kind of like you uh you know if you wanted to not if you wanted to go to label of course you could um and i think that was the idea of it um i do need to reach out to him and just kind of <laughs> pick his brain on it where it's at so yeah that's 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 kind of how I see it. As. Yeah. Or pretty... or you could just like take the reins and be like, cool, I'm gonna do some stuff and it's gonna say secret website. Yeah. On it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that's kind of what I've been doing for sure. Um what is your music about? <laughs> yeah. Um I I mean I I, lo- I I don't write a lot about myself. I write about like stories that I think are interesting or like scenarios where I'm the protagonist um, of a song. For example, my song that's coming out July 15th, it's called One Track Woman. And I initially got inspired to write that after watching True Detective season three. Um, and specifically season three, because it's not... Um, it's not a continuous show. It's like each season is like a mini series. So it's like a whole different story. And that one was like my favorite of the show because it was just so, it was almost romantic. Like it was really focused on this cop and his wife who was a journalist and he was not very supportive of her being a journalist. And he felt like she was using him because she was writing about him. Um, and I think that that's what <laughs> this is a long explanation for a song, but that that's a that's kind of what broke them apart was like that I guess resentment or that not having that trust. And um, I was kind of taking the side of the wife in that, and I was like, like she's doing so much, like she's a one track woman for this guy, like she's trying to be the woman. Um, for him and he's like neglecting that so yeah i kind of like take themes from uh uh cops like um almost like um leftist language like class trader like cops are class traders so i put that in there and then um yeah just kind of write about how he's not a great guy for him or for her his wife so uh yeah that being said i don't know i just um I like to make things romantic because I'm a romantic person, I would say. Um, So I like sappy love songs. I like serious love songs. Like, I don't know. I just want to evoke that emotion in the song. So a lot of it is just like romantic and and, uh, very self-aware of 
me as the protagonist, like um, how I could be a better partner to whoever the person is in the song I'm talking about, you know, um, and just being honest. And yeah, just like twisting it with romance, I think is fun to me. So, yeah. Why music? Why does music exist? No. Why <laughs> Why do music? Why Why dedicate so much of our energy into this thing? I think, um, I may have said this in like, on your question where you asked, who are you? I, I said, um, it's 50% what I want to do and 50% of what people like. I think it's just like, um, it's art, you know, um, obviously it's, uh, it's you pouring out yourself in a way where it's not like revealing everything about yourself. It's like the parts where you, it's the parts you want to tell people about yourself. Cause if, if it was truly a hundred percent what you wanted and like how you felt and like, you're like, I'm doing this only cause I like it. Then you wouldn't release it. You know what I mean? In my opinion, you just enjoy it for yourself. So that's why I think, yeah, 50% do it for myself, 50% do it for like people who might like it, you know? So yeah. Um, there's so many layers to this question, Santiago. Uh, <laughs> um, but also I just, I hear music sometimes and it's like a two minute song of something great or it has something great. And I'm like, oh, I wish they expanded on that. And um, I try to take, maybe take moments like that and like really uh, drive that and like extend it. So it's like, oh, that's my favorite part. And I can loop it for five minutes if I wanted to, you know what I mean? Um, so I guess um, it's like taking my favorite parts of music that I listen to and just like kind of borrow those ideas or be like, I really want to do more with that. And I wish this artist did that. So I'm going to be the artist that does that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I do that. The the secret is we're all thieves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, was it Picasso that said that? That you see everywhere. He said, "Good artists borrow, great artists steal." Or mm -hmm. I don't know. If that was Picasso, but um, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Someone else said it and then stole it. So yeah, <laughs> Picasso stole that quote. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm stealing it. I said it, <laughs> Michael Scott. No, um, but yeah, um, and I don't, I don't um, give credit. You know, like I think most music should credit black musicians uh, and just musicians around the world you know like um uh just like the culture of it um i mean most like led zeppelin and uh acdc owe so much to blues black blues musicians um and uh i think a lot of the music i like is like r&b from the 70s and stuff which again is black musicians so um i think stealing in that regard is wrong and unethical and like like making it trying to make it your own genre if you're like a white artist you know what i mean um but you know i think giving credit is way better <laughs> than that you know what i mean mm -hmm. being like yeah the sounds i got from this record or whatever like i really like that you know um it's the same with sampling you know uh you 
most of the time have to sample if you're a bigger artist, you know, just giving credit that way. Um, so yeah, so I think I like went a different route here. But that, is, that is a, an interesting train of thought and maybe we'll follow it later. Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, do you separate art from the artist? I do. Um, it's getting worse. <laughs> like it's getting harder to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like my favorite band is the strokes and the singer is, he's kind of all over the place sometimes and says some things I don't agree with. It's nothing like he like terrible. Like he's not defending like, uh, murderers or something. Um, but yeah, just like, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's harder to enjoy the art for sure. Cause you can't ignore what an artist says. I'm trying to think of an artist, um, like that more. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I try to, um, I mean, I, I guess Kanye is a great example. Um, he's, you know, uh, not a criminal, just an asshole, just an asshole. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I really enjoy Kanye's music still, even though he's um, kind of cringy sometimes. But um, yeah, a lot of respect to him still. Um, it just depends on the artist, I guess, because sometimes it can really be like, I never want to listen to them again. You know, like if it's something really fucked up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. What advice do you have for people that are wanting to do what you do? Um, just do the damn thing. Um, like I played my first show last year at the deli and, um, you know, someone asked me to play, um, which not a lot of people are asked. Um, but it's just cause I was putting music out there and like some promotional stuff. Um, and yeah, I just was like, yes, I want to play. That'd be great. Um, that being said, just like, don't, be afraid to release stuff um definitely finish stuff <laughs> and release it like the more you listen to something that you think is not ready the more it probably is ready you know what i mean um and you just gotta like set yourself a deadline and not like a long deadline just like if it's one song just be like all right i gotta finish this in two weeks you know and you will probably finish it and you'll probably be frustrated at first and probably doubt it but later down and down the road, you'll really appreciate it. Um, cause yeah. Um, it sucks not releasing music and having these great songs that you know are great and just not having people enjoy it as much as you. So yeah, just keep going, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, if you get to a spot too, where you're like, Oh, this is awesome. Like I just played a great show. Just, don't have that lull either just like keep going you know book another show um have another song ready that kind of thing so i just say like just keep that fire going for sure yeah dang it that's usually the last question i ask before getting to deep questions there's one that i forgot uh what's something people don't normally know about you um for some reason this is the hardest question for everyone <laughs> Yeah, I think some people know. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't know about 
my car accident and then I have a bad back. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, really discouraging at 26 to have all these disc bulges. (laughs) It doesn't even sound cool. Disc bulges, um, (laughs) in my back and my spine. Um, and it's really, it's, it's done a number on my mental health. Um, so yeah, it's like going up on stage sometimes is hard. Like my last show at Pony Boy, like my legs were like kind of giving out because like my legs are really weak too. Um, just because I have to like lay around a lot or sit. Um, so yeah, I just I think a lot of people don't know that I'm injured, <laughs> and like it's hard to uh, even focus on music and write and uh, perform even. So yeah, take care of yourselves, you know, and if you're able to, it's healthcare is a bitch. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. um, switching gears into the deep questions that make bit depth, bit depth. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Um, I'll start with religion because that one was such a big part of my life um, for the longest time. Uh, I went to private Christian school until I was a freshman and I was like a firm atheist in ninth grade at that point and nobody liked that <laughs> at, the, at the Christian school uh, except for like some friends um and you know the faculty or whatever the teachers and everything were really concerned you know about that and you know, you're in ninth grade, you're like the anxiest person in the world if you're an atheist. So <laughs> that was me. Um, As if ninth grade isn't angsty enough. Yeah. Um, being, yeah, an atheist just puts you over the edge and you turn into that little shit. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, was just always so d- doubtful of what I was believing in. Um, and it was... It was just like the morality aspect of it. Like it was just, I saw so much hypocrisy in that school uh, and like racism too and like shit like that. Um, That was just so normalized and it was just like, this is not right, you know, like and when you're young, you don't really realize and then, you know, you start questioning things in middle school and then then you're just fed up by high school. So um, yeah, I've just, I've never uh really believed um in it as much as i was supposed to i guess um and i just couldn't get on board with you know some of the hypocrisy like just an example like we were in chapel once and we weren't standing and uh we got called out by some teacher and um one of my friends was like yeah i just don't stand because i'm catholic and we don't do this so like, I'm just not really used to it. And the teacher was like, well, you need to, like, not be at this school then. And, yeah, I was like, that's when it really, like, got me pissed off. <laughs> and I was just like, that's not right, you know? Like, and, like, that probably happens at so many other places, too. And, like, in real life, obviously, like, people get persecuted for that. And it was just really annoying. So um, it's almost like christians turn me off of religion more than christianity itself mm. um but yeah you started with religion um 
and then yeah, spirituality. So where does where do you go from there? I I still am questioning what even spirituality means to me. Um, it's always like I hear it, and I'm like, oh, spirituality, like like what's like what does that really mean? You know, um, and I feel like it means a lot for different people. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm interested in spirituality. To me, I don't. I haven't really experienced enough of it to really give a straight answer because I've just, I guess, since I decided I was an atheist uh, or chose to be an atheist, I've kind of just been like, all right, that's what I'm going to be. And I'm just going to live, you know, um, as an atheist. Um, And I guess being an atheist doesn't mean you're not spiritual, but for me, I've just never explored that. So, um, again, that's why I want to ask you because I'm, because I remember you mentioned spirituality in one of your episodes, um, and that really got me thinking. So uh, I don't know. I don't know yet what spirituality even means to me. So, yeah. <laughs> what is your definition of God? Um, just a dude in the sky, <laughs> you know? Um, I think um, God can be something you put on a pedestal that, you think has control in your life and like I actually kind of admire that like uh, when people are like you know I pray to God every day um obviously if you do that for the wrong reasons like um then it's not cool to me uh but you know like having faith in someone whoever uh, your God is that you believe in i think that's i wish i could have that <laughs> still sometimes you know like uh i think it's it seems like a good way to have hope mm. in life in general and humanity um so yeah i think people make gods out of anything um whether it's your huge ego <laughs> or you know christianity or islam um so yeah i think people just have make anyone their god whoever they look up to you know for morality purposes in my opinion Hmm. what is free will um in the sense of i think of free will just in like in the american way people think they have free will um but free will to me is just um it's having the ability to do what you want. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, um, it's something people you just misconstrued all the time. Um, in the sense that, yeah, I mean, um, for me having free will be going to the beach and, um, just staying there forever. Um, and, uh, like I could do that. Like I could leave this interview right now <laughs> and go to the beach and, you know, pick up the girl I'm talking to and be like, let's go to the beach, baby. You know, like, like we were talking about. Um, but you know, money <laughs> prevents you from that. Uh, a family, I guess, um, for some, for me, it would, um, rent or hinder me from doing that. Um, and I just think being scared, prevents us from having free will just like fear so i guess to answer that it's like free will is like 
not having the fear to do what you want. Mm. Um, it's like you are absolutely willing to do it and you don't have fear of doing it. Cool. <laughs> yeah. What do you think happens when we die? It's, it's a boring answer, but, um, again, as an atheist, um, I, I, it's like how you were before you were born. Um, like how your conscious was and like, that's how I see it. And to me, that's comforting. Some people think, Oh my God, you know, um, like there has to be something after this. But to me, that's comforting because it's just like, you know, we know when it's the end, uh, you know, when it's the end or that's how I think. Um, and that's some people want that. Some people want that closure in their life, you know, uh, like whether we like it or not in this life, we have time, like there's a time, uh, on it. Um, and sometimes that freaks me out. Sometimes I'm like, <laughs> all right, you know, get busy living or get busy dying as uh, Shawshank Redemption says. Um, so, um, yeah, I think there's just, there's the curtain closes, you know, when you kick the bucket. Um, and to me, that's comforting. Yeah. How do you determine what good behavior is? Um, good behavior is when it's, uh, one, it's doing, uh, things when uh, no one's looking or no one's watching like good things, like genuinely good things. Like you don't care what other, you don't care that other people are seeing you do good things. Um, <laughs> and so good behavior is, um, I think it boils down to interaction with humans, um, and how, uh, you make other people feel. Um, so if, you know, you don't have to make someone love you to have good behavior, but I think you need to have someone who feels safe around you, um, to have good behavior. Like, um, people, women, especially, um, uh, see decent behavior from men and, they are like, Oh my God, he's such a good guy. And, um, and then it's really just, he's a decent guy. <laughs> like he does decent things. Like good behavior is like, I don't know. You've got my brain in a twist. It's okay. I, I mean, like, I like it. Um, we, this is why, yeah, this is why we questions are fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Good behavior is, it's um it's making someone else feel good i think and it's making someone feel safe um i think again like people a lot of time mistake decent behavior for good behavior um and i said women because they're just not used to even decent behavior from men a lot of the time um and uh yeah, it's a bummer. Um, so yeah, good behavior, I think, is just uh, going out of your way and your personal, you know, um, agenda to be good. <laughs> I haven't even described what good behavior is yet. I just, it's just so, um, 
yeah, again, I'll just say making people feel safe yeah. with you to be around you. <laughs> How do we reduce the division between people? Uh, that's a hard one for me because um, as Americans, I feel like we're very individualistic. Um, you know, we're supposed to like keep to ourselves and it's not my business, that kind of thing. Um, and we need to break that down. You know what I mean? Um, and so many levels, like um, whether it's gun control, there's not even like even if we passed all the laws for gun control, there'd still be this consistent consensus among Americans of division. Um, and there just needs to be a change of morality for Americans about what guns mean and like what they're doing to this country. It's like something like that. Um, so we just... Your question was division, like how do yeah, we how like, do we reduce it? Yeah. And do you want to? Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, you know, um reducing division just requires so much education and like reform of how we think, you know, like um we're just we're getting more subdivided too, like you know, there's like leftists and liberals and then like moderates and then right wing and then like fascists. <laughs> so it's like i mean it's always like history repeats itself of course and um just it's breaking down division is going to be very tough in america and how we do it is just education and class consciousness even um and to answer that do we even want to knock down the division it, it depends who it is you know if it is the fascists i don't want to <laughs> break down that barrier with division you know what i mean um i just don't think there's any desire to do that because fascists are violent people inherently um against the most oppressed people so going off on a tangent again um <laughs> i like tangents okay good um <laughs> It's just, it's, it's hard, but I think, um, getting to a level where the majority of the people realize that, you know, we need, um, healthcare, we need money, <laughs> more money than most people are getting, um, then, um, uh, cause this country is poor, you know, there's a lot of people struggling and I, actually it's not poor, but you know, the people who are benefiting from it, you know, um, don't deserve to as much as they are. Um, so it's just, it's, I'm mainly talking about America. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, it's gonna, it's a, it's a long battle. It's a long, hard battle. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe humans are evil by nature? No. Um, no. Final answer. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, no, um, I think, um, I think you grow up good inherently, um, from the behavior you see. So I guess if we retrace, you know, um, from parent to parents, the parents before, um, your parents and all that, um, 
it, it just gets broken down. I think people, at least in our generation, we try to do better. So I feel like if, it, if people were inherently evil, we would get worse. Um, you know, like if Gen Z or millennials were like, um, oh, uh, my parents were so homophobic. I'm going to be even worse than that. You know, what I mean? like let's pass laws, you know, to make it worse. And like the people making these laws are older people usually. Um, so I think, I think we're inherently good. Um, I think, um, which is kind of like um, uh, contradicting myself because why wouldn't we start good mm-hmm. and then just keep being good? But um, I think people, um, I think we're inherently good, but there are people who take advantage of the good and don't realize it's bad. Um, and then they just, that spreads into greed and then, um then you know greed leads to power and the desire for power and so that's why things can get bad (laughs) um on a large scale um so uh, um and yeah i just don't see humans as inherently evil like that yeah (laughs) very good um what do you think humanity is heading towards in the future? Um, again, I, I think hu- humanity and history repeats itself. Um, it'll either, and I think of things like in political terms. So um, like society or like just one part of society, let's just say America again, like we'll get so um, oppressed to a breaking point where we can't take it anymore. Um, or at least the people getting impressed can't take it anymore and eventually revolt and just want to take it in their own hands, you know, and make a government for the people that, um, for the people by the people basically. Um, and it'll either do that or it'll fail. And then it'll just like, keep happening no matter how long it takes um just like looking at any successful revolution um whether it's like the ussr or china in the 50s um that's how that's where it got to like uh like great britain and china was feeding the chinese people opiates so much that it was just killing them and then they just couldn't take anymore they were literally just gonna die it was gonna be a genocide basically and they got to that breaking point and told the British to fuck off. And then it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, it was power in numbers. And um, they, you know, just had to rebuild their country. And, um, you know, they got rid of the opiates. Even today, like, opiates in China is, um, it's a, there's a big mentality of it being like, wrong because you know here we have in america an opioid crisis that no one gives a shit about and the big pharma is pushing it uh, and killing us you know um so it's similar um but it was just so bad over there that they were like fuck this like um we are going to build a nation for us and not 
be drugged up and useless, you know. So humanity is headed towards good inherently. Like I think the majority of people are going to get to a breaking point and want to make it not shitty. Yeah. <laughs> so then what are you optimistic about for our future? <laughs> well, I'm 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 optimistic, you know, that we'll uh, get there. Um, I think American politics makes me super pessimistic. Um, looking at other countries um, is just really interesting. I think there's a lot of uh, propaganda against countries like China, even. Um, and you think of them, oh, they're just like just as bad as America because of this big country. Um, when you look at it, like most of the people in China support the government and, and then you'll have people here say, well, they're brainwashed. And then I say, why would you say that <laughs> about, you know, like, aren't we brainwashed? Like, you know, like why would you say we're brainwashed when we obviously there's not 90% of us who agree with our government. So I'm just like, where's, why is there that hypocrisy? So yeah, looking at other countries, and like how they do things and how they run their government gives me hope. Like stepping outside of American politics is a good idea sometimes. Not saying, you know, don't be involved with your local government and community, but, you know. Perspective. Yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it can be disheartening to look at your, the government on a big scale and feel hopeless. And most people do. And there's not much we can do. Um, like we didn't vote on Roe v. Wade, you know just uh, however many judges it is, six judges decided to overturn that and fuck everyone over. So, and is it okay if I curse, by the way? Yeah. I've been doing it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, it's like, that's really disheartening to see something that most people didn't want overturned be overturned. It's bullshit. So American politics, again, is just very pessimistic for me. So looking at other countries where the people have a say is very optimistic to me. Yeah. What makes you content? Um, I think family is like an anchor for that. Um, it's also, it can be scary and it can actually be the opposite of content. Um, but just knowing you have family and if you're lucky enough to have family, it's, um, for me, it, you know, makes me want to even start my own family. Um, and yeah, I think, um, the future of like just love and family really makes me just like chill out because, uh, ultimately that's kind of what I want, um, in life. Um, and yeah, just thinking about that and it makes me like, I'm not ready for a family or anything like that, but it's something I definitely want to strive for. Um, and I don't know, just the thought of that even makes me like, just like, that sounds so nice. You know, <laughs> like, I don't know, just gives me hope for myself, I guess. Um, cause it's, it's hard to be content. So, but that's, that's the one thing that does make me content for some reason. When will you be satisfied? Um, musically, I always think like once I'm 
uh, at a point where I'm making enough money to do that, um, then I'll be satisfied financially. Um, and I hope that's true. Um, cause I, you know, work in general is like leads me the opposite of satisfied. Like my old job, I was in sales and it's fucking terrible. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I kind of spiraled in a little, uh, a little bit in that way. And, um, so I hope music, like I hope, you know, getting paid for that would um, make me satisfied. And hopefully it's the opposite of being in a sales job. <laughs> um, so to me, uh, that would satisfy me and just being able to support myself and loved ones um, as much as I can. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you have for people in general? just reflect on yourself uh every day if you can um uh we can always do better um be careful what you say you know just think before you speak um yeah just check in on yourself um like you know we're not perfect but we're not um bad either i mean some people are bad <laughs> but for the good people listening or the people who are trying to be better yeah, just like checking in on yourself and, you know, if someone says you did something that hurt them, you probably did. So, um, just like listen to people and like reflect on yourself and see what you can do better every day because it's important. <clears throat> yeah. Lastly, potentially most importantly, cake or pie? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I love cake. Um, and the reason is because you can, I feel like you can have ice cream with cake, but you can't have ice cream with pie. Uh, I'm not here to question your answers. I'm only here to hear them. All right. Well, people listening, I think cake is superior because you can have ice cream with it. And potato cake, if you haven't had potato cake, it's really good. Yeah, you just cook potatoes in it. It's so moist and delicious. It's like an it's an Irish thing, I think. So cool. Rat Fink, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you, Santiago. Where can people find you in your things? Um Spotify. Um I'm not sure when this can be released, but uh yeah, I got a new song coming out next week, next Friday. Um July 15th, One Track Woman. Uh, my social media is just RatfinkX. And yeah, I also have a show uh, July 17th or July 15th. So at the Speakeasy. So yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So whenever you go and see Ratfink and he's freaking like giving his all on stage, just know that like he's giving you so much more because he's like has a back injury and like this is all for you <laughs> exactly thank you yeah that's uh, true yeah once again thank you so much for doing this with me i'm santiago ramones and i'm rat fink thank you bit depth what song of yours is about to play at the end of this uh one track woman Oh, baby, you gotta get me off these drugs.
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I made. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can support me directly by buying my music on Bandcamp. I'm working on Hypothetical, my first singer-songwriter album. So if you'd like to hear that at some point, there are lots of ways to support me on my website. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. Please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It would mean a lot to me to hear what you have to say, and it lets others know what to expect better than I could ever explain. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting BitDepth. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. 